Welcome to Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries. My name is Katie, and this is my recap diary of House of the Dragon. Today I'm recapping Season 1, Episode 5, We Light the Way. We open to a beautiful naturescape and castle, and are introduced to a new character. One we've heard about, sure, but not seen. It's hard to place her at first because all we've heard about her is how ugly and vile she is from Prince Damon, which is not an accurate statement by any means. Lady Rhea is just out for an adventure of hunting, which seems to be a typical pastime for her, one which she apparently is known for how sharp her shot is. Seems like more than a good shot, she has some pent-up anger against her husband Damon. Well, yeah, of course, he's a freaking dick. While venturing out with her horse, suddenly she is surprised to see Damon in the hills, lurking and kind of even hiding. After a bit of a shock seeing him there, and a bit of a tongue lashing, Rhea goes to draw her arrow because it's clear she's not the only one who's hunting today. Throughout the commotion, the horse is spooked and knocks Rhea off, hitting the ground with a neck injury so bad it seems to have paralyzed her. Damon, pleased by this, goes to walk away when Rhea says to him, I knew you couldn't finish. Perhaps just wanting to die in that moment because of the horrible injury. Perhaps she thought, well, one last time to jab Damon about how horrible of a person he is. Either way, Damon says, challenge accepted, and picks up a rock. Thankfully, it's a sight we don't see as an audience, but it's soon news around the kingdom that Lady Rhea has died due to an unfortunate hunting accident. This death leaves Runestone with no heirs to inherit it, because, you know, they didn't have kids, and only one protective cousin for Damon to push out of the way, which might not be so easily done, as it seems like not everyone's buying the cause of her death. Now it's time for Otto to leave King's Landing, maybe return to Old Town. And Allison is just as upset as her father is. Although Allison is coming to say goodbye and chat with her father lovingly about his last moments of his handhood. I don't know, that sounded kind of weird, but I mean, being a hand has to be called something. I guess I'm just going with handhood. He reminds her that it's her fault for believing Rhaenyra over him. An honest mistake, perhaps, but I did not foresee this. Yeah, of course you didn't. Time to start learning quickly, Allison. Now getting a little pissed at Otto, why did you have to keep pushing me to make Aegon heir over Rhaenyra? Hmm, well, Otto leaves the audience and Allison with some wisdom, as he sees it, that Viserys is on his way to his deathbed. And if Rhaenyra succeeds him, war is gonna follow because of the unwillingness of the rest of the kingdom to see her as the rightful heir. And guess what, Allison? your children are going to be subjected to that war as well. So we're at a bit of a crossroads here. Time to start thinking politically. Because either way, it's going to be rough. You have a family to protect now. A doting hug for his daughter, who he knows is in a bad place. And Otto is off. The new hand is Lord Lionel, who is not really a surprise to viewers, after all, he has been the one to suggest a few key maneuvers to the king, like the joining of House Targaryen and House Valerian. So far, so good. Nothing too out of the ordinary, yet. Now let's move on to every cruise-goer's nightmare. Viserys and Rhaenyra and their entourage are sailing towards Driftmark, 
and the seas are stormy and wavy as hell, and we get to see a lovely image of Viserys puking over the side. Finally arriving, it seems like the Valerian household is not really going out of their way to make a big to-do about the king's arrival. Finally, the king has his audience with Lord Corlys and Princess Rhaenys, here to discuss his decision from last episode that Rhaenyra and Laenar marry, uniting the houses. Their children will take the Valerian last name until the firstborn child, of either gender, becomes heir, at which time they will be known as Targaryen. Okay, fair enough, Viserys. As Corlys and Rhaenys discuss, we start to see a bit more character development in these two. Definitely in love and full of respect for each other, Rhaenys is smart enough to know that it seems like something is off with Viserys, and she's concerned about what position that will put Laenar in, and the rest of the family, when the king dies. I mean, he is looking like shit, you guys. It seems like her and Otto share this same perspective and intuition, though not convincing enough to change the course of the proposal. All good and well with the parents, let's check in on those second cousins and soon-to-be spouses. While walking on the beach, as romantic as it is, Rhaenyra and Laenar agree to a modern marriage. I mean, hey, we might be second cousins, but at least we can spice it up a bit. We're together for the optics, we do our duties, hey, maybe even being friends while we're at it. But we each get to have our side flings. See, Rhaenyra and Sir Kristen Cole are still canoodling. And it's revealed that Laenar is in love with his good friend and a knight who is somehow around all the time, perhaps sort of in his entourage, taking care of his family type of way. Corliss says Laenar will grow out of it one day. It's just a phase. There's nothing better than a woman's love. Yada yada. But I don't know. Seems like a bit much just for someone being in love with a redhead. I mean, geez, just because his hair is red doesn't mean he isn't a fierce and loyal lover. I don't know. Different time, I guess. Can't blame him. Lord Laris, Lord Lionel's son, is coming in hot as a pivotal new character. Okay, we have seen him before, actually, during the second name day festivities, and due to his handicap, he stayed in and gabbed with the girls instead of going out hunting. Turns out, he will be our new source for all the hot goss in the kingdom. And also turns out that Allison is already subscribing. See, during an innocent walk in the garden, Lord Laris pulls Allison in to bring up Rhaenyra's re-up on birth control tea that was brought to her after her quote-unquote almost situation, or quote-unquote situation, I don't know, almost situation with Damon, and her quote-unquote very much did happen situation with Kristen Cole. But of course, this is news to Allison. Only Rhaenyra, the maester, and Viserys should know about the tea. And only a few more people should have known about Damon. And nobody should know about Kristen. Long story short, Laris got under Alicent's skin. Of course, this is right after she had to say goodbye to her dad, Otto. And she's feeling guilty because maybe it was her fault for believing Rhaenyra that nothing happened. Hmm, Laris, new little finger. Maybe that's a reach, but there's something dark and untrustworthy about him and probably has nothing to do with his father being the new hand and having access to so much information. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. Anyway, it's time for Alicent to investigate. Logically, she goes to the one, noble, 
honest person who always has the princess's safety in mind, Sir Kristen Cole, who was, of course, standing watch that whole evening. Oh, Sir Kristen Cole, under that beautiful head of hair and beautiful face lies one fucking idiot. During Allison's questioning, she's trying to be as vague as possible, you know? I mean, as you would be when accusing an uncle and niece of fucking. Okay, but Kristen fills in the blank and assumes Allison is talking about him and Rhaenyra. Okay, you got me. I did it. She asked me to do it, and I liked it. Oh my god, you freaking dummy. Clearly, he feels like he should be punished for all this. The guilt has been weighing on him for a while now. He even asked Rhaenyra to run away with him and get married so that they could, I don't know, not live in sin, so that he could feel better about himself. Anyway, Allison takes in this information and releases Kristen from this guilt. She's not going to punish him. You're not the one she's after now. After all, was she not only lied to, her father also got fired because of this. Now it's time for us to change lanes and get into the party mood, baby. It's time for the wedding festivities to begin. Everyone is looking beautiful. The whole kingdom is there. And apparently it's this multi-day party with a tournament in there as well. How fun! As Viserys is giving his speech to like welcome everyone into the hall and say, hear ye, hear ye, drink and eat, two families will be united, Queen Alicent finally comes in demanding all the attention and eyes on her, and dressed to kill. Maybe literally, because according to a few partygoers, the color green is Old Town's color of war. One inspiring speech by the king and a curious dance by the betrothed down, it's time for everyone to join in on the fun. While everyone is on the dance floor, some stress starts to creep in as Viserys spots Damon and Rhaenyra in close quarters in a sexual taunting of some kind, which gets interrupted abruptly and violently by our beautiful little idiot turned rage machine. Kristen Cole is going absolutely insane on Joffrey Lawnmouth, Lanar's secret lover. Seems that because he figured out that Kristen was the Joffrey to Rhaenyra, it was Kristen's last straw. It is an utterly gruesome beating. So brutal that there is no need for a doctor to clear this man as dead. It is obvious. Perhaps because of the hecticness around them and the pure anguish and sadness. Perhaps because, I don't know, King Viserys is dying by the minute. His nose is just bleeding and he, he can't really stand up. The legal ceremony of the wedding happens that night. Lanar stained with his dead lover's blood. He and Rhaenyra join together as a family officially getting married. I'll leave you with the scene as the episode also ends. Kristen Cole ready to kill himself in the garden, the king collapsing at the wedding, and a ready-for-war Alicent retrieving Kristen, creating one less death this episode. <laughs> 